Welcome, welcome. You are now listening to Get Out of Your Own Way podcast, and I'm your host. I got a couple of great questions from my last episode concerning pornography. And um, before I get started with uh, today's episode, I kind of want to go back and revisit Uh, One man, he said, I hate porn. It's turning me into anti-social person and I'm trying to kick it, but it keeps pulling me back and all of my urges come at night. Any pointers? Well, that's really a good question, man. I can relate. As a matter of fact, anything, I, I I would go out on a limb and say, during the evening is the highest probability and most likable time, for lack of a better term, for people to be sexually alerted. More often than not, you know, that's 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 when that's gonna happen, just with people in general. Not 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 as far as um watching porn per se but just overall sex usually happens at night people usually get the most freakiest at night i mean just go ahead and throw that out there i mean and we all we all know that as people when we're adults um so my number one suggestion is because for me it's like i used to be a big time night owl where I wouldn't go to bed until one o'clock, two o'clock, you know, every single night. And I immediately knew that was a problem when I was really struggling with that, with this particular issue. I immediately knew it was a problem. So that's my first thing is to uh, tell this person particularly and anybody else who had that question in mind or anybody who finds themselves being triggered late at night You have to go to bed earlier. That's number one. You have to be able to crash earlier uh, in in the evening. Like I said, I used to go to bed one o'clock at night, at at one o'clock in the morning, you know, and I've cut that down to around 10, 30, 11 now, especially on weekdays, um, because I find myself to where even if I'm watching a movie, um, you know, or playing a game, it's like my, my mind just often drifts. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to find something to occupy your time um, other than just watching a movie or uh, on your phones, looking at Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that, because you can easily be triggered by doing that, doing that. I would also I would say stay off of social media just just from a browsing standpoint. Um, Unless there is something specific that you're looking for, you can sought that thing out but other than that just just browsing and surfing like just scrolling the page up you know up and up 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 and you're just looking at dozens if not hundreds of of stories and posts that not a good idea that's just my nickel so you have to be able to find something that you can get yourself into uh an exercise that's an also another good thing that you can do. If you're not a person who works out on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, um, get you a routine to where 
you're going out and for a, a, an evening run, you can do an in-home boot camp or whatever the case may be. And as a matter of fact, um, I actually have created an app this past summer and you can find it on any app store uh, under the name of Ultimate, Ultimate Fitness Training. And it's for $4.99. Yes, I'm giving myself a cheap plug. But my point is, is you can do, you can, you can find things to really occupy your time. And what a big help is for people um, that I've come to find out is to, is, is, is if you increase physical fitness, if you're constantly working out, if you're constantly occupying your time, you will then distract yourself from something negative like porn. You will block that out. It will help to block that out, should I say. Whenever that comes, whenever those urges come, you take that energy that you normally would take in viewing pornography and you put it towards something else whenever that. And, and that's what I do. That's what I do. It's like I, I very rarely am sitting and being nonproductive. And when whenever an urge comes in, you immediately take that energy and do something else. There's been many, many times, and there's a reason why I bring up uh, going to exercise, a run around the neighborhood, doing a new in, doing some in-house workouts, you know, some push-ups, some uh, jumping jacks, lunges, crunches. I mean, what, whatever the case may be, you know. So you 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 want to take that energy and put it somewhere else, and that's how you that's how you start, just one day at a time. And you tell yourself, no, like, I'm not going to let this thing beat me. I'm not going to let this thing overcome me. I'm not going to let this thing control me. I'm not. I'm so tired of it because there's, there's a there's a point in time where that's precisely how you start to feel. Where like you you feel this darkness from pornography coming into your life and just owning you as an individual. It's, it's just like any other addiction, any other any other ill addiction, whether that be alcoholism, whether that be smoking, whether that be gambling, where it's coming in and it's controlling you, it has you and you can feel it as a person. You can absolutely feel that just that 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 it's that bondage where you're just wrapped and you're stuck, you know, and, you, and you're and you're doing all that you can to break away. So, again, just to kind of recap, you want to be able to crash earlier if you're a night owl, because that's never going to end well. If you're somebody, even if let's say if you let's say if you work late, you get off at midnight and then you come home, you have to be ready to crash as soon as you come home. Um, if you're somebody who constantly takes a lot of energy drinks, you have to kind of come you, you have to be able to come off of that because that that in it by itself is going to be an issue. Of, and maybe that's why some people stay up late. But for me, like I'm a naturally energetic person. And a lot of that comes from working out. A lot of that comes from exercise. So well, all I did was I just adjusted my time. And even if I come work out in the evening, once my once my adrenaline drops down and I'm, like I'm ready to crash. So that's why that's my number one um, uh, suggestion to anybody is to get into a, a, a workout routine during the evening uh, or, or for any other time for that matter. When you find yourself that you're more, 
that you're being more um, triggered in certain times of the day. And for most people, that's going to be at night, no doubt about it. The next thing I was going to cover was there was a person who asked, do you think porn is good for couples who want to spice things up together? And immediately, the first thing I think of is that's still, that's, that's still, I, I just, I shrug at that. I shrug at that. Um, the term there, spice things up. So first and foremost, if, if you are a married couple and you're trying to spice things up with your spouse, you want to you wanna be more creative than just turning to porn. If you have to turn a porn to spice up your love life, things in the bedroom, eh, things probably aren't looking that well for you as far as uh, staying together long term. Um, and there's a good chance that somebody may end up straying. If, if, if that's talked about between two spouses, things aren't looking on the up and up uh, for you guys. Uh, my suggestion would be maybe some role playing. Uh, between two spouses or, or partners, who, whatever the case may be, if, if you're having problems with that, that would be my suggestion. Um, but yeah, just eliminate porn completely. I mean, it, it, it's it, that it's just it's so distasteful. It's so distasteful. I mean, I can't say that enough. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's just foul overall. It doesn't do it doesn't bring anything positive. It doesn't bring any kind of positive energy, positivity to your life as a whole. I mean, you don't even even if you're with somebody and they're in it and it's and it's consensual between both parties. Um, that's just something that's just yeah. It just, there's there's other there's there's better ways to to create uh, a, a lost spark, if you will. Like I said, my suggestion would be role playing, and that and that's all I'm going to bring on that. But with that said, I bring to you guys today in episode five, preferences, preferences. What I mean by preferences is simply what you look for physically in the opposite sex. So a woman might be attracted to a man who has uh, big arms or a man who has big shoulders or chest or nice abs or um, nice smile, bright eyes, head full of hair, you know, just to name a few things. And for a man, he might be the type of guy who is attracted to women uh, with long legs or big breasts or blonde hair um, or big butt, you name it. You know, and, and that's ultimately what I mean by preferences. Now, this is where everybody has to be careful. You want to make sure that whenever it is that you have something that you like or something that catches your eye uh, or something that you're drawn to. You want to make sure that it's not a requirement opposed to actually a preference something that is just the icing on the cake, something that's nice, an extra, if you will. And to use a, an example of what I've seen so many times um, in the past 
is I have literally had conversations with women and girls who would only date a guy who was 6'4", 6'5", despite the fact that they're only 5'1", 5'2", themselves. I mean, and literally not give a guy a time of day if they're not over six feet tall. And what that all boils down to, quite frankly, is just immaturity. You, you haven't been around long enough to really understand that it's, it's nice to want things that are, that are visually pleasant um, or you know things that look nice to the eye, but eventually physical attributes begin to perish. Um, it doesn't last. You know, so that's why it's less less important and significant opposed to how you connect with somebody. If you share common interests, if you have goals, if you have things that you want to build towards. I mean, imagine this, ladies. Imagine if there's a guy that you actually like, maybe a guy that you work with, a friend of a friend or something like that. And you really like this guy. And you actually hear him, whether he's speaking directly to you or in a conversation with other guys, you know, in the break hall or whatever the case may be. And he and you can hear him deliberately say he would never date a who doesn't have at least a 36 double D chest. As soon as you hear something like that, I mean, all your interest immediately goes away from that person. That's why you see online a lot you know, on social media and what have you, where people say stuff like, man, she was so hot or he was so sexy and blah, 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 until they open their mouth. I personally experienced something just like this a few years ago. I was getting ready to meet a woman, this one girl off of, uh, I think it was Tinder or POF we were talking from. We were getting ready to go on our first date. Um, and it was very clear what we both were looking for, which was a long-term relationship um, and to kind of like, kick things off and see how things would go. But it was very evident that we had a lot of a common interests and things that we should. And then just out of the blue, I mean, absolutely out of the blue, I have no idea, none whatsoever, why any person would make a comment like this, but you haven't even met this person. But I specifically remember this woman said, and I, I'll never forget it. And so she said casually, that if a man is not the size that I'm accustomed to getting in the past, I will end it immediately. And I, 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 was, I was just so just stunned by this revelation. So she hasn't even met me yet. We hadn't gone out at this point. If that's not a big enough red flag to shut things down immediately, I don't know what is. We hadn't even met. And, but me, being the confident guy that I was, and even despite seeing the red flags all over the place of her saying something just so ridiculous as she had, I still went on out with this date with her. And it turned out to be absolutely fab fabulous date. It was great. We went, we were at this restaurant for approximately three and a half hours. I mean, we had great conversation. Uh, we, we laughed a lot together. I mean, there was a lot of uh, flirting going on. So, I mean, it, it, we were vibing, make no mistake about that. So with that said, I had briefly kind of put what she had said before we met, just kind of like behind me. I just kind of put it in the back burner, you know, and 
the second time I saw her, or I actually had asked her out the following week because this was on a Saturday or a Sunday, and I was wanting to see her again. And so she was telling me she wasn't feeling well. She was going to stay home, um, but she wanted to see me too. So she invited me over to her house, and I reluctantly accepted. Um, I went on and bought some dinner, you know, because she asked, you know, like, hey, you know, if you want, you can pick something up and we can have like a movie night in or something like that. And granted, this is just date number two unofficially, you know, because I'm going to her house and immediately I remembered what she had said at that point, you know, when she was referring to uh, a certain penis that she was looking for. Can you imagine, ladies? If you're getting ready to go out with a guy, literally about to go out on a date with him, and he says, oh yeah, by the way, just a heads up, um, if your JJ doesn't get as wet, and it's not, and it doesn't feel as, as, as tight as an ex of mine, I'm gonna have to end things. J just imagine if a man told you that before you're getting ready to go out with him. A man who you are very interested in, a man you could see yourself building with just off of first glance or first impressions. And then he says something so, so asinine like that. I mean, that would, if that automatically should shut it down right now, if a comment like that is made. And sure enough, as my red flags were showing before I met this woman, as soon as I got to her house, and it wasn't 30 minutes of me being there, and after we got something to eat, and I tried to settle her in, try to play some games, some uh, a Monopoly, Uno, and she, she, wasn't, she wasn't hearing that. She wasn't seeing that. I mean, I can tell by her the look in her eye, I could tell um, why she had really invited me over there. And she was very aggressive sexually towards me. She sat on my lap, chest to chest, and I kind of had to pull her off of me and to encourage her. And I said, look, I, I really like you for you. I'm not just trying to have sex with you and then brush you off to the side. Like, no, I'm interested in you. I'm interested in having a relationship with you if we get to that point, you know, and it's look, and things look really good right now, but she wasn't trying to hear that. Her mind was already made up, simply put, as far as what she wanted to do while I was there. And of course, everything all lined up. Of course, that's what she was after. She had made it clear to me before we ever met of, of something that was very important to her, which was a certain perfect penis or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, like I said, it was just so asinine and just so over the top, you know, where I, I, I was just wanting to play it off. But again, I was confident. I was confident that I could, I would be able to charm her and woo her and make her feel special, give her butterflies in her stomach and to ultimately be like, wow, make her feel like, wow, like this guy's amazing. He is so amazing. I want to hold on to him. But no, her mind was already made up. She already knew what I, why I was there. And of course she did. She already told me everything that I needed to know. This, her, it's like her, her mouth was saying one thing, but her actions said another. So I shut her down that, that particular evening and she was like, that's fine. We, she was like, that's really sweet. And, and that's, that was kind of like her demeanor. Like I can see like she halfway was, was charmed by that alone, that I wasn't just trying to get in her pants. And, um, but at the same time, I can also see she was slightly frustrated and disappointed. So it was kind of like a weird mixture there of as far as how she felt. Long story short, we continued to talk 
Um, and then once again, three days later or later in the week, it was the exact same thing. I, I couldn't get her out of the house. She wanted me to come see her at her house after she got off work. And I knew from right there, I'm like, this is going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be wash, rinse, repeat of what happened earlier in the week. And that's exactly what happened. This time she was even a little more aggressive. And keep in mind, I just met this woman a week earlier. I just met her a week earlier and she's trying to tear my clothes off, you know, and, and I, I was I was so very disappointed. I mean, even in the moment, I'm just I'm so disappointed because I'm like, I know where this is going. This is just going to be a fling. It's just going to be a one night stand. And I was like, and I'm not trying to go down that road anymore. Been there, done that. And that's exactly why I was disappointed in the moment. So that was a learning experience for me. And. And ultimately, you know, once I ended things with her, if you want to even call it that, because we never even got anywhere. I mean, we saw each other a grand total of about three or four times and that was it. You know, I mean, I specifically remember telling her, I mean, after I shut her down for a second time, I just remember her saying, okay, that's, that's fine. We'll do it your way. But after that, things were never the same. She never looked at me the same. She never saw me the same. We didn't have that that chemistry anymore. We didn't, I, I couldn't make her laugh anymore, you know? So obviously she was very frustrated and disappointed in me because I shunned her, you know, I turned her down, you know, sexually. And it wasn't, and it wasn't like uh, that, that it wasn't tempting and I didn't want her because I found, I found her attractive at the time, but it was also unattractive that she was just throwing herself at me the way that she did. And quite frankly, didn't even know my last name at that point in time. That's what made it unattractive, you know, and to this very day, you know, like I have actually came across her on Facebook and just looking at her pictures, you know, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, like I just ever since that whole incident, I, I just I don't I no longer fi find her attractive. And that's why we all have to be careful as far as what we're looking for and to not take something as far as what a physical attribute may be and actually speak up about it because it can turn the entire visual of how somebody looks at you. Somebody could absolutely adore you and you don't even know it until you say something absolutely ridiculous and way from left field. And just like that, when that person gets word of that or they hear that, they suddenly look at you in a completely different light and they would no longer give you the time of the world. And as I mentioned earlier, it really comes down to immaturity when you think of something like that. Like, I wouldn't date a woman unless she has a butt that looks like a peach. Or I wouldn't date a man who doesn't have a 13-inch penis. I mean, when, when, you, when you hear stuff like that, and it's, I, I'm, I'm very glad that I actually went through an experience like that because it helped me to really learn and to see people as they are from the very beginning because signs will be there when you first meet somebody. They will be there and screaming in a loud, loud color. So at the time, as I mentioned before, I mean, a, 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 an experience like that, it was very, very, very disappointing, very disappointing, you know, but as I look back at, on it now, years ago, you know, like I'm very thankful for that. I'm, I'm glad about that, an experience like that, because it really helps you to put things in perspective immediately about a person that you're possibly interested in, possibly could see yourself building with. So if you happen to see a red flag like that immediately from Jump Street, do not ignore it. 
don't ignore it. That's exactly what I learned from that situation is when you have to act immediately because more often than not, if you ignore something from the beginning, it will end up being the same thing that you leave that person for later on. So just save yourself time, money and effort, gas. So just cut those ties immediately and move on to the next person. That's it. That's it. And with that said, that actually actually wraps up this episode. So my next podcast, which I'll be covering marriage, will be next week. And please keep it. Keep your comments coming. Um, anything that you want to mention or say you can. You can always reach me at T Davidson 1182 at Yahoo.com. Um, and I will continue to answer and bring up said comments or questions um, on on future shows. And I appreciate those that come in. You know, like I haven't been getting a whole lot, but I've been getting a few here and there. And I will continue to um, put them on the shows, as I mentioned before. So uh, with that said, again, I bring to you guys an episode on marriage coming up next week. Have a great weekend.